0: Proud to present beer radio that turns ordinary homebrew home into award-winning beer. award-winning beer. The Jameel Show, and now your hosts Jameel Zenashev and John. Please say.
1: Hey, howdy, hey! Hey, howdy, hey, brothers. hey! Sisters, how wow. you doing?
2: Hey, howdy, hey! Yeah. See,
1: now you got it down. Now I'll have to change it to something else. Gotta get, get a little rasp in there, you know.
2: Hey.
1: <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. welcome to the show. We are back. It feels like it's been a month. It has <laughs> It has been a month? Oh, shit, it has been. Oh. I missed you. <laughs> I missed it's, you too, John. You've been busy uh, signing <laughs> some books, I hear. Yeah, like 600 or so just for the Brewing Network. Yeah, that's a lot of books. Went out to the GABF, sign books out there. Nice one. We're going to be signing this Saturday. Wow. M- yeah. beer, 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 and more beer in Concord. Yeah. One to three all day? One to three all day. <laughs> <laughs> Set all day. Yeah. You, you have a short work day. Yeah, that's it. I can yeah. tell. Yeah, there you, you go. Know. How's your right hand feeling? <laughs> Fine. Good. Why? You need me to <laughs> That's a lot of out? books, I think, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing wrong with my hand. Mm. Well, today we're going to be talking about Weisenbach, And and you know who we have? Special guest. On the phone, Rodney. Rodney. What's his last name? The... Is he on the phone? Rodney, are you there? You guys there? Hey. There he is. How you doing?
3: I'm doing all right. How you guys doing?
1: Great. Spectacular. Thanks for uh, making the time to, to be on the show.
3: Oh hey, thanks for
1: having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't know uh if everyone knows, but Rodney is the uh, long shot winner 2007. His beer is going to be in the Sam Adams six-pack. His face is on the label. 50,000 cases. 50,000 cases? Really? Yeah. Wow.
4: It's a lot of beer. Don't scare him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's very cool. And uh The reason you know I wanted you on the show is not just because of you know this one uh, win for that beer. You you've been winning with this Weisenbach for for uh, forever, right?
3: Oh yeah, I got a gold medal this year at the AHA conference. Nice in Denver.
1: And you've gotten some best of shows with that thing too, right?
3: Oh yeah, in the Midwest, I've uh, stomped over a couple competitions, made some people upset with me, but. Somebody's got to win, right? Jamil <laughs> knows what that feels like.
1: Yeah, that's my attitude too. <laughs> uh, somebody's got to win. It's gonna be me. Stump. <laughs> the heck with you guys. Yeah. Uh, that's great. So, are you drinking a Weizenbach right now, Rodney?
3: You know, unfortunately, I'm all out of that. Uh,
1: <sighs> He's waiting so for for just- Sam Adams to to fill him up. There you go. Now, do they oh, yeah. are they going to send you like a keg of this as well, or
3: or better th- be two?
1: <laughs> yeah. Too, like 10, <laughs> you
3: know. Maybe they can have it piped to my house. There you yeah, go. Yeah. So run,
1: run a pipeline from the, from the brewery <laughs> right. to your house. That's perfect. It's a little faucet line, you know. Yeah. I, I wonder what kind of pressure you'd need to uh, run that many miles of uh, hose. a hose. A lot of gas and nitrogen. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the bedside. That'd be perfect. Uh, well, and uh, John, why don't you, uh, you know start us off with... Uh, Wow, A little uh the, the honor Thank you <laughs> A little description Of the Weizenbach style
4: Well When I was reading The style guidelines On this beer I thought it was An incredible beer I've never brewed one So I can I'm excited for this um, A Weizenbach The aromas are Definitely rich In You know Some bready Malt aromatics Coming through uh, Lots of fruit characters You got your plum Your raisins Your prunes um, Medium to strong Phenolics you know, hints of vanilla or clove, some banana esters, uh, low alcohol aroma, even though it's a high alcohol beer. Uh, no hops. You know, you just use hops to balance the sweetness. Uh, diacetyl, no diacetyl, no DMS. So uh, visually, it's uh, a dark amber to ruby brown beer. Uh, long lasting head retention, due to a lot, of, due to a lot of weed in it. Um, it's not clear. Also, you definitely, you definitely serve this beer with the yeast suspended. You know, it's supposed to be cloudy. Um, as far as the flavors, um, this this is a doozy. Uh, it's, it's it's a synergy between rich melanoidins, <laughs> hints of bananas, dark fruits, spicy cloves, wheat bread-like flavors um, from lots of Munich and Vienna malts, sweet round malt character, hints of chocolate, tart character is okay, zero hop character, and high carbonation. Um, I mean, that's a lot going on in a beer right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and overall, I think it's a, uh, it's a strong multi wheat-based beer with tons of fruit complexity and lots of rich amber color and just a very unique sexy
1: beer have, have you had any good examples of the style never yeah i've never even had a weissenbach well, you know <laughs> yeah this guy looking at her rodney in the background go,
3: oh, <laughs> oh, gonna... on. On all the way <laughs>
1: so. yeah yeah and, and i'll tell you that has been one of my favorite beers for halloween so I this is this this for me is like you know adult candy, <laughs> ooh <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, one of the things I do it's it's a great cold weather beer, so uh, when Halloween rolls around, Fall. you know I'm looking for something uh, you know a little uh, spicy, a little fruity, uh, you know warming, rich. And, uh, you know, will load up a couple of bottles in the little red wagon, you know, yeah, and take the, the kids red. around uh, trick-or-treating. <laughs> and I'll have a couple of those <laughs> while I'm out strolling around. You're the coolest dad on the block. It's great.
3: I'm sure the kids won't bring you home in the little red wagon? Yeah, well,
1: that's <laughs> yeah. why the wagon, because they wouldn't be able to, you know, throw me over their shoulder and carry me. Oh. So the little red wagon, they, they know, you know, if dad passes out, throw him in the wagon and haul him home. See, so yeah, it's, you got this, this is the whole thing. You, you don't train your kids the same way?
3: Roddy, oh, well, I don't have any kids. Oh, okay. <laughs> Train your wife, or <laughs> Well, if you
1: do, this is what you would do.
3: All but, my kids are in five-gallon corny kegs. <laughs> well, and and that's cool.
1: So <laughs> how, how do you how do you feel your uh, your box stacks up to the uh, commercial examples?
3: Um, I think you know, Avantinus is probably a little bit stronger in alcohol than mine is because mine's usually about a, a ten sixty-eight, ten seventy beer. And I know, like Ovin Tennis is up there, like seven, eight, almost eight, two. Mm-hmm. So they're at the high end, where I'm probably at the so the, the middle low. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's ready to be drank now, so I don't have to let it you know let the alcohol melt out a little. Right. Well, but, then, um, oh,
1: go ahead. Now, what did you think of the description there? Do you have any uh, personal tweaks on that description? What 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 of those uh, descriptors do you focus on? What do you think is, is more the focus of the beer? Is it, is it everything John said? Is it, or, you know, would you emphasize, you know, one area over another?
3: Uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, yeah, you don't want it to be hoppy. Uh, that's just mostly for bitterness. But um, if you get some, get the com- complexity of, like, a, blo- a Bach beer with, a, you know, the weediness backbone to it and then, you know, picking the right yeast to, to pull out, the you know, those raisin and plum characteristics, and uh, not too much banana. I mean, you really want very low banana and lots of cloves. So, those were my focuses. I, You know, you want to ferment at a cooler temperature to keep that banana down because, you know, anytime you, you use of ice and yeast, it tends to run hot and usually get big bananas. So, those are a couple of things I try to aim for. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it, I think it's interesting in a lot of the descriptions in the uh, BJCP style guide, which I, I think is wonderful, but. The, one of the things about the style guide is, you know, they've got the, all these descriptive words for all these different flavors and compounds and there's very little that tells you specifically sometimes what the balance should be between, uh, you know, they'll mention, uh, you know, banana, things like that. And some folks will take that to mean Wow, there should be this huge banana right. note present, but actually, you know, it should be a more subtle, you know, note that's in there. Definitely, a judge, you know, or somebody with a, a fine palate can pick out those those uh, components, but uh, you know, they may not. You know, it, it, it's it's a subtle thing, not a not a real bold thing. So that's kind of my impression of of the style is uh, you know, malty like a Bach, uh, some warming alcohol, not not a harsh alcohol or a hot alcohol you know that wheat character in there and then uh you know the raisin the plum a uh, real uh real complex you know uh, dark fruit type of uh character in there is is fairly fairly subtle uh, as far as the other things go hmm. and uh, uh you know that's kind of my you know leanings towards towards that does a uh, east character
4: when you serve this beer with the yeast in suspension, does that contribute to any of those flavors you're talking about? Those fruit characters. I mean, they're, you're drinking the
1: yeast. Yeah, yeah for, for me, I mean, uh, you know, the yeast just adds more of a yeasty character to it, and, uh, and almost, and if if you have too much, it, c- it can be a little harsh, kind of like a kind of a, a bite to it. Hmm. You know, but uh, you know, it's kind of like a doughy, uh, yeasty, yeasty, <laughs> you know, type of type of type yeah. of taste. Huh.
3: Actually, prefer mine to be pretty clear. Yeah, usually, when okay. I when I keg mine, I I want it clear and uh, serve it pretty clear too. And I don't like that too much breadiness or yeastiness. Hmm. At least, you know, when I have an oven tennis, it's pretty clear too. Right. I don't want I don't want to stir it up. I, I like it clear.
4: Hey Rod, how, how long are you fermenting your Weizenbach for usually? And then it, what's the the storage length, are you lagering this beer in the keg a long period of time before you serve it because it's so high in alcohol or
3: um, I don't lager at all with this beer. I just pretty much uh, I tend like I said I, when I do primary fermentation, I try to keep it around 68 degrees. Um, as long as I keep it within attenu- the low end of the attenuation range, or at least I can get it to attenuate, it does come out to be a, a bit of a sweet beer, which actually helps uh, contradict some you know complement um, some of the uh, alcohol. So you don't get, you know, this beer is almost like a triple. You you drink it, and you don't know that alcohol is there. And you may feel a little warm, and it just sneaks up on you. And, um, but to get back to your question, I tend to, you know, probably, uh, you know, a week to 10 days in the primary at 68 degrees, and then uh, three to four weeks in the secondary before I keg in. Yeah, I could let it go a little bit longer, depending on, you know, if I have an empty kegs or not. And so, I tend to keep you know secondary about the same temperature
0: well
1: before we get into the the recipe uh how long ago did you come up with the recipe how you know have you spent a long time tweaking this uh, brewing and uh you know comparing the examples or
3: yeah i you know i've I've been home brewing for five years, and this is probably like one of the second or third recipes I ever brewed um one of my friends uh he's a local importer for Avantina, so he really turned me on to it, and uh, I've always loved the style. And so um, I said, you know, hey, I'd like to try to mimic this. And uh, um, I started with the base recipe, and it's gone through its iterations. And uh, uh, about this time last year, I said, okay, it's good, but I want to make it great. And I really tweaked it. I had a little bit more dark malt, such as um, some Munich malt, Munich malt, um, that was lacking to give it some of that like complexity, and um, I also did some additional, rest, additional rests um, that um, I talked to some uh, brewers that said, you know, you, you should try to do an acid rest to help bring out the cloveness in the beer. Uh, I was doing too much of a protein rest. I was, tro- I was totally destroying the head retention on the beer. So I backed off my you know, protein rest time. And then, um, you yeah, know, I, I made a lot of changes, and it really came out in this beer. I was surprised.
4: I mean, is he bypassing the protein rest? I mean, we should get talk about this later, I guess. But I'm really uh-huh. curious about his mashing process, especially with this type of beer and so much wheat. Well,
1: know. why don't we start off with the uh, the basic recipe, and uh, and then we'll kind of get into the process. Rodney, do, do you want, want to on? hear? Me. Yeah, want, okay.
3: You yeah, want why don't to you go
1: me. ahead and give us oh. the, the recipe here, and we'll okay and we'll go
3: from there. Um, I use about 54 percent wheat malt. The style You should have a. I think by German law they say you, have, you should have 50% or more wheat in a Weitmann beer. Uh, about 39% pale malt, 4% Munich malt, 2% Munich, and just about 25 chocolate malt. Hmm. And uh, for bitterness, you can use either Tentenanger or Halletower. Uh I used about an ounce for alpha acid at the beginning of the boil. And it was a ninety-minute boil. And that was it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Well, I, I actually did throw a quarter ounce for knockout. but You don't really have to, because like like you said, this beer is an. Ex- you don't really have a hop as being you know comes out in the beer. You just want the bitterness there.
1: And and so you were you were saying you, the you're using pale malt. You are using a domestic uh, two row. Yeah, American two row, no and what about your, your wheat malt? Is that uh, what wheat malt
5: are you using?
3: Um, you know, I can't really remember. <laughs> I, you know, I don't really look at brand names when I buy a,
5: mm-hmm.
3: You know, the local homebrew shop sell me wheat malt. I don't really look into, you know, I want this specific brand over that brand. It might, it might have been brief. I could be wrong.
1: What's your homebrew shop?
3: Uh, there's homebrew shop in St. Charles, Illinois.
1: Yeah, what's the name of
3: it? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the name of it.
1: Oh, really? St. Charles Homebrew yeah. Shop. Nice. Oh, okay, cool, cool.
3: They're yeah. give me some money for that plug. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they won't, don't worry. <laughs> or play it back for them. maybe they'll give you a discount.
3: And <laughs> you know you know what's so great about this beer, um, especially at, at this time of, you know, the hop shortage and, and the barley shortage, that the you know this beer uses like an ounce of hops Mm -hmm. and uses a lot of wheat you know you can make a really good big beer big flavorful beer and not you know spend a lot of money i mean sure you're there's a lot of hop heads out there but um you can make a great you know big beer this time especially going into the cold months here in the midwest Mm -hmm. and and not spend a lot of money on hops or you know your home beer shops may not have certain hops uh i mean being these are you know continental hops uh They may not be as lacking as much as American
1: hop. Right, and you could sub out, since it's mainly just bittering, you could sub out uh, any other uh, hop that's uh, fairly mellow and uh, more along the lines of a floral hop than a citrusy hop and be just fine, probably, huh?
3: Oh, definitely. And you probably use, probably even like a quarter ounce or a half ounce of
1: that. Right, right.
4: That's gone too, though. (laughs) Saws, it's gone.
1: Oh. (laughs) Well, and you could use, uh, you know, um, Sterling, yeah, or oh, definitely. horizon or magnum or you know right anything along those lines would probably work as well, although you'd use really small amounts uh-huh definitely and and uh, what about uh, things like uh, boil time, mash temp uh,
3: 90 minute boil uh, well the mash i uh, I did a couple steps this time I added an acid rest. A local brewery guy who's actually um, uh, an Urban Aves of Grain club member that started their own brewery. And he's always willing to give us tips about, you know, um, brewing beers. And somebody had said that when they make their Hefeweizen, they do a, a certain rest to really bring out cloviness and not, you know, a little bit more to balance out the banana. And so he said, well, you know, he runs an acid rest. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't know the exact chemical process that takes place mm-hmm. but uh I did a 15 minute acid rest
1: at uh, 111 degrees. go mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's, and it's, then I, oh, ahead. Then it's that and it's, and it's also the wheat that provide the uh the compounds I can't remember what the compounds are either that uh yeast uh used to produce those cloves and banana and things like that. Mhm.
3: And then, um, like I said, I, I ran a protein rest at like 122, and I was running mm-hmm. it before like a half half an hour. So then I cut it back down to 15 because, like I said, it wouldn't hold carbonation. It was, it just, uh, you know, as much pressure as I tried to force carbonate it with, it wouldn't take. So hmm. I cu- I cut back on the protein rest. I talked to my uh, good buddy Joe Formanek, and he uh, said, "Yeah, you're you're just destroying all the the protein. So back yeah. off a little, <laughs> right?" And then I would do a saxication rest at one fifty four for sixty minutes and then I'd mash out at one seventy for ten minutes. Mm-hmm.
4: It's a pretty high uh sugar rest one fifty four.
3: Yeah, but you want uh some full body, you want some sweetness. Mm-hmm. I mean it's uh the description says it's uh could vary from medium to full to full body, so um, you're gonna have a lot of, you know, complex sugars or two.
4: Are you adding any um, malt extract or DME to your boil to get your gravity up, or is it all 100% grain?
3: 100% all grain.
4: Wow.
3: It used to be a pain to do it in a 5-gallon got cooler. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because you were, like, spooning in the grain as you were mashing.
4: Right. I think it only fit, like, 15 and 30 pounds of grain, so that's not that much for you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think my total grain bill was about, for a 5-gallon batch, it was... Just over thirteen and a half pounds, wow,
4: oh, so. and you were happy with that gravity that turned out with that batch and
3: yeah it it's uh you know my pro match recipe says it should be around the, the mid ten uh, seventy range, um, but it usually comes in at about ten sixty eight to ten seventy, so there's some efficiency that's being lost there, but I'm happy with the end results.
1: And what about uh the uh, IBU's on this? You, what what kind of reading are you getting that in Pro, ProMash? Um, low, like
3: seventeen seventeen point three 17.3 IBU's. Mm-hmm. And that's low. used
1: in, uh what formula do you know?
3: Um, I don't know the exact formula. That ProMash uses.
1: Yeah, there's uh like Rager, uh Tinseth uh Gerritz and uh uh, I think those are the options yeah. that they have.
3: Yeah, I don't know exactly what that where that would be. So,
1: <laughs> and the default is Rager. So,
3: yeah, I think it's probably. Oh, and there's
1: that Daniels job. as well, right? He okay, you use Rager, right? I use Rager yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, so once you have this uh, this uh, batch ready to go. Uh, then uh, I assume you chill it down. You, you get down to uh, what temperature before you uh, pitch your yeast? You uh,
3: usually get it down to at least about in the in the seventy range. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, like I said, when when it ferments, uh, I've, I've in the past I've made this beer and it's blown the airlock off the top. Uh, half of ice and yeast is get very you know vigorous fermenting. It's almost like using Belgian yeast and. Uh, mm-hmm. And it will run the temperature up, and and usually um, you'll get big banana. You better it run too too hot. So right. uh, I usually put it in a little bath of ice water and try to watch it day by day to make sure it stays at least in seventy or, or lower, and not lower than sixty five, because then the yeast will start to go dormant if it gets too cold.
1: Hmm. And what uh, yeast strain are you using?
3: Uh, I'm using White Labs. I think it's half of Iceland four.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for
4: four. That's a three eighty right. right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And uh it's less banana, lots of big fruit. Sometimes it comes out, uh I've had a, a club member tell me he's like, Yeah, circus peanut. You get that like candy circus peanuts you see mm-hmm. with the kid's uh aroma out of it and but um uh it's not a bad thing but uh it's interesting to, to hear those comments like that.
1: Right. Let's let's do this. Uh we're gonna take a, a short break and then and when we come back we'll get into um you know some of the comments you've gotten on the on the on the score sheets you've gotten and more about fermentation. Alright, we'll be back right after this.
2: Coming this fall. Four beer kits and a bag of sanitizer. That'll be four thousand dollars for shipping. Never. I won't pay more than twenty bucks for shipping. Ha ha ha! You will not find a deal like that now. Northern Brewer's flat rate shipping promotion is finished. No!
0: I'll never pay that much. Never!
2: My patience wears thin, young homebrewer. You must pay too much for shipping. <laughs> never fear. Northern Brewer's here. Foolish Northern Brewer, your flat rate shipping promotion has ended. No, sir. Now we got $7.99 flat rate shipping all the time over here. Northern Brewer has all of your homebrewing, wine, mead, cider, and soda-making needs, and a complete line of award-winning beer kits, including the intergalactically boozy bourbon, bourbon Barrel porter. <laughs> still with cheap-ass shipping. Place an order at northernbrewer.com and get some Flat rate, seven ninety nine shipping action. Offer good and continuous. U.S. only. Some heavy and or bulky items are excluded, such as glass bottles, stacks of grain, bulk DME, and oak barrels.
4: Take that guy. Seven ninety nine Flat rate shipping. Ah!
2: My retina! Retina? Damn near killed ya. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Lab's yeast? WLP-001.
0: Cal-Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal Common. WLP-810. It's gonna be the WLP 400 with
4: beer! I got a sweet hoodie for my vial.
2: Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew your own clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The
0: Brew. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar good. and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> network. Well, I, feel good. I knew that I
0: wouldn't Now back to the Jameel I feel show. Good. I knew that I wouldn't.
1: Alright, we're back, uh, we're talking Weissenbach. Whole just, lot of Weissenbach. <laughs> Whole lot of Weizenbach. And we've, we've been joined by, uh, Tasty McDole and, uh, Sleepy McChad in the studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. Sleepy McChad. <laughs> how you doing, McDole? You still there? Or, hey, I'm doing you, good. You doing alright? Yeah. Alright. Another long shot winner here? Yeah. So we got yeah.
5: both long shot winners. Oh, hey, Rodney, how on, you doing, on man? On the line. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Really going, really well. I'm all still sad and everything, but, uh. <laughs> I can't oh. complain. Uh, you know they're talking about sending some of that beer to me. Oh, nice! Well, it's a you, nice president I don't,
1: it? I don't know if you heard it, but Rodney's getting a pipeline put in from the brewery <laughs> oh. to his house. I should have
5: asked for more. He no, so,
1: <laughs> he's just going to have like a faucet mounted on the wall, and Excellent. you know, yeah. right next to his electric service. And it's just going to come right in. Oh, yeah, the utility, sure. Yeah, that'd uh-huh. be perfect. There you go. No bill either. It'd be great. <laughs> my car couldn't run on it. <laughs> Well if you drink enough of it it probably can. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> well, at, least, at least you just you imagine it would. I don't know. Alright, so before the break we were talking about uh uh some of your your tips on fermentation and you were using the hefe four yeast, uh the White Labs Hefe Four. And I I've used that before and I think it's it tends to be a little more mellow. Uh, as far as uh aster production and phenol production than the uh the WLP p three hundred heffa or the uh, y east uh, thirty sixty eight is, huh. is is that your experience or did you do you get a a, a different read on that
3: well you know I, like i said uh, you know people said you know it's like circus peanut or mm-hmm. you know, i i do get uh, the more the more time it takes the more ages it seems like you get more of the, the plum or or raise any characteristic out of it. Uh, I've, I've only used that yeast. I haven't, you know, uh, went into the, trying some of the uh, Y yeast ones yet. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess, you know, I'm at that stage of why break something that's not broke, you know, why fix something that's not broken. Right. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, the amazing success you've had with this beer, it's, you know, I wouldn't change a darn yeah, thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it's interesting you say when, when the beer ages, you're getting more plum and raisin. I, and I think one of the reasons is, uh, you know, some of the uh, the malt sugars will oxidize. You'll pick up some of those those characteristics. Uh, and also uh, some of the alcohols, they'll oxidize. They become a little more fruity. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of the combination of some of the darker malts and some of those oxidized alcohols, you know, and it, it tends to bring on that plum and raisin that I really love in, in this style of beer. Is this
4: a beer you brew for aging? I mean, or I um,
3: mean- it depends. Uh, you know, um, it depends on how much beer I have on tap at home, but uh, okay. or how big of a party I want to throw. But <laughs> um, I, you know, I I can't get all, so I pretty much want to drink it. You know, as soon as I can.
4: Wow! And that's like three weeks later. You're you're drinking your yeah. beer. Awesome! Oh, definitely. Good for you. <laughs>
1: Well, I think if you have good control over your fermentation, mm-hmm. I think uh, you know, are you pitching enough yeast, and you're holding the temperature down, uh, you know, even when it's a, a bigger beer, they can be drinkable really quick. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you just let it go wild, uh, then you know it's hard to drink early because those those hot alcohols they won't uh, they won't be very pleasant.
3: What's oh it? no! But that's why I make that beer in the winter time because you know as much as you try to air condition the house and stuff like that. So- uh, it tends to run hotter then, and i I just don't get the results I get when I make the beer in the winter time,
1: so uh, describe for us your uh your fermenters your uh your um, uh, fermentation area, and you're saying you're using a a, a bucket of ice um, a, a I, have, uh,
3: I, I ferment mostly in glass mm-hmm. so I have like a, a six gallon primary glass fermenter carboy I use, and then most of my conditioning ones are all five gallon. Uh, Carboys, I probably have like about seven or eight of them. Uh, I bought, um, I don't know what you call it, Uh, it's like a really big tub at one of these like, you know, farm and fleet stores. Mm. And it's about, you know, four to five inches uh, deep. And you fill it with some water and you just throw a bunch of ice in there. And it, it just seems to keep it cool enough.
4: And, and you're doing that during the summertime or, or winter time too? Win, winter. Time.
3: Um, it depends. Being I'm all out of it now. It's going to be the winter time. But yeah, oh, okay. uh, you know, I've made it a couple times in the summer. But it seems like I'm more or less making in the fall or winter time because uh, hmm. I'm trying to get ready for you know competition season, nationals, and the Sam Adams competition again. <laughs> <laughs> can you oh, Get
4: him ready. Can you enter the same beer? That'd be great.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you oh can. Yeah. Jim Cook, yeah. Jim Cook says I can win. You can win again if you if you're lucky enough. And I said, okay, I'll see you next year. Sweet.
1: So, McDowell, I think you need to enter again with the same beer, no, no, win I, with the same beer, and then the, it could be like an entire six-pack of every double uh, IPA. Yeah, yeah that, I'm
5: not entering next year cause for fear of winning. Oh, uh, yes. oh come on, McDowell. That would be just too complicated.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no IPAs for you anymore, huh?
5: But I'd love it if Rodney won again. I'd love to be you know, make that, uh, <laughs> that uh, union we were going to have just not make it happen, you know?
3: Yeah we could call it long shot squared next year for there one. you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how it, it sounds like you have a fair number of fermenters how many batches of, of beer do you brew uh, per year
3: um I don't know is the government listening
1: <laughs> no, no nobody's listening <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay um <laughs> uh, you
3: know I've had my phases uh you tend to make more in the fall and winter less in mm-hmm. the summer but uh I usually have 12 to 14 beers. uh uh, corny kegs on tap, mm-hmm. and so wow. when it's me drinking it, that's a lot. So right, so we should but, come
1: over and give you a hand. Yeah, yeah, go. take it home.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I'd say I'd, I'd make you know, I'd go through phases where I'd make a batch each weekend, and so they would just keep you know, after the fourth week, the first one would be ready, and just keep cycling them through. Until all my you get to the point where all either all my kegs and carboys are full, or you know very rarely are my kegs empty. Mm-hmm. So um, usually I'm the weekend brewer. Uh, weekend brewer.
1: Well, see, I think this is one of the things that uh, great brewers have in common because you know uh, Tasty McDowell, he's brewing all the time. Yeah, sure. And I think you know great brewers. Uh, you know, they're not—they're uh, not just born; they're—they're they're made. You know, they—they they, yeah. they do this through, uh, yeah, you know, through through brewing a lot. You need a lot right? of repetitions. Eh? Yeah. yeah, that's
4: an awesome quote. They're not born; they're made. <laughs> <That's> right. Uh, Lots <laughs> of
1: practice. Can, can you write that in this book, real quick? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think I, that's going to be in the second
4: book. Yeah, yeah.
1: That, that'll be my tip in, in in the second book. I'll start that off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, th- I think that'll be my quote right there yeah. i'll quote myself <laughs> in my next book <laughs>
4: <Yeah.
3: laughs> wow yeah but you know what helps make uh from my experience was uh you know i was fairly new to the homebrewing community and to join a great club like the urban Aves of grain and to have great brewers around me i mean we have joe formanek in our club he's you know nikasi winner and and, See, uh, you're probably
1: a great brewer just from association. It's maybe, you know, it's like, uh, you I'm know, he's, they're buddies. Yeah, he's <laughs> infecting the, the brewers around him.
5: Yeah, yeah, you're drinking out of the same glass now and then or something. Right, yeah. right. You've caught his he's disease. spreading
3: magic dust and everybody's, you know, yeah. <laughs> fermenters. It's
5: a whole lot of Formanac. <laughs> oh, you keep, keep
1: going. I'm sorry. Keep
3: oh, going. but, um, and then have a club that's very, uh, you know, uh, driven to uh, BJCP, and, you know, I'm a certified BJCP judge, and we have at least 20 members that are are ranked judges and a couple national judges, and so um, to have that, I mean, the the club itself, I think, made me what I am now. I mean, Uh I I like to compete, and I like to make good things, but the club really helped make me a better brewer.
4: Well, that's a huge kudos to just starting a homebrew club. I mean, Mm -hmm. look at the effect on other brewers you know
1: well and, oh, yeah. and, and I think uh, you know in some clubs you know they really you know they they set a high level standard and and there's a lot of help available to, to the other brewers and that makes a, a huge difference I know you know for quaff uh, that's a that's a big thing where anybody who's brewing you know if you need help if you you know it, it's it's a constant uh, you know uh, help with uh, you know improving your beer and everybody everybody's beer gets better and better and better and better and it's just that's the way it's done it's mm. it's what you do and uh, uh, it sounds like you got a, a a similar situation there which is really wonderful
3: oh definitely and and I think the um the, the most important thing that you have to learn as a brewer and, and you have to take this If you uh, you can make recipe, great recipes and still make bad beer is mm-hmm. cleanliness and sanitation you have, to, you have to preach that over and over again because if you don't do that you can have an excellent recipe but still have a bad end product
1: well and the other thing for, for clubs is uh, you know it, it's good to have somebody to taste your beer because I, I can't tell you the number of people who are you know, kind of out there on their own and they're brewing this beer, and they believe they're following, you know, good sanitation. And, uh, you know, they just cannot taste what's going on in their beer. And then and then they give it to you, and, you know, it's clear know, that yeah. they don't know. And if they had, you know, <clears throat> club members that could kind of, like you're saying, uh, kind of help them along, I think, uh, you know, that, that makes a big difference, too. Just knowing that your beer needs something changed is a, a big part of the process.
3: Oh, and you—you you have to be willing to accept, you know, criticism, and it's—it's it's there to help you, not to—to to hurt you. True, yeah.
4: true. Very important to make great beer. You know, try this. Oh, I screwed up. Thanks. Cool. I'll try again. You know, you feel <laughs> Is this
3: supposed to taste like that.
4: Yeah. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Keep brewing. <laughs> All right, so uh what What about your pitching rates on this? Do you Do you follow any uh, uh, amounts of yeast for this, or you just go in uh, one package, you make a starter? Uh, you give us more of the details on, on how you ferment. Because I believe that's a big part of this beer is, is you know, proper fermentation.
3: Oh, yeah, I, I definitely make a starter. I mean, back in the days, I used to make a starter, and you wonder why certain beers wouldn't attenuate out or... Um, it's way too sweet and so I'd, I'd make a starter either a day even the night before or two days before if I had more time maybe I'd build up the starter um, I usually do my starters in uh, an old growler that I have which works fine with me with a little airlock on the top of it and
4: just pitch and let it rip or
3: <laughs> yep pitch and let it thing? rip you don't, yep, de- you don't decan
4: thing. anything off you just pitch the slurry or the whole thing
3: yeah I pitched the whole thing, hmm. just swish it all up and dump it in i you know i don't, I don't think it'd make that much of a difference. I mean, you could tell me if I'm wrong <laughs> no shit.
1: now do you now do you uh do you do, you do a blow off tube or anything like that
3: um for this beer uh since I would run it in the six gallon carboy uh, um I wouldn't really i sometimes i would. It depends. It depends on how, how much of, you know, poison would build up and how, how foam you would get. Uh, there were times where I had to put a hose on it and mm-hmm. uh, and, and run into a bottle, but uh, most of the times it's airlock. I check it the next morning, and if it came down to it, I, I have a, one of those, uh, I don't know what they're called, one of the orange caps mm-hmm. that has the airlock or the blow-off, and if it got close to it, then I just put a hose on it and then pop off the airlock and mm-hmm. let it run.
1: Yeah, I don't think I've ever made a Weizenbach that didn't, like, blow, blow off violently. <laughs> <laughs> Airlocks Every everywhere. Time, yeah, it's like... And, and the first few times, I was like, oh, well, you know, it'd be fine. and uh, There's plenty of room in there. Yeah, no we And then I see, you know, it's like squirting yeast <laughs> out the top of the airlock, you know.
4: <laughs> Can't find the cat that blew off. All from cheesy
1: here. down the side, a big pile on the floor. Yummy. Like, oops, I guess I needed to blow off too bad. yeah. Though.
5: Well that wheat malt so fermentable this is what's going on in it the wheat Well
1: and it's it's got a lot of uh you know there's a lot of protein in there a lot uh, of uh, head forming uh, uh material oh, so I it played. tends to uh, tends to as well uh you know form the the head that forms in the fermenter is just very similar to the head that forms uh, in uh, in the beer in a way i mean it's it's yeast that comes up sure. in the in the coercion but right. uh some of some of the uh the material that binds all that together is is the same and that's uh mm-hmm. So with wheat, uh, it's you tend to that, cool. and then the wheat yeasts, too, they tend to, <laughs> tend to go nuts, yeah. so. They always, it's the number one customer complaint. um it's exploding on me,
4: what do I do, is it bad? No! <laughs> Put foil back on, you're okay, you airlock, you know. Babysit your beer. Uh huh, uh huh. Hey Ronnie, what uh, temperature do you pitch your ye- yeast at? Uh, one,
3: about one, uh, about 70 degrees. 70 degrees, okay. So, Seventy-sixty-eight degrees, 70. It all depends on you know, how long I want to let the chiller run and you know, the time of the year because in the summer you can let that thing run for an hour and a half before it even gets cold sure. enough because it gets pretty hot in the Midwest and then in the winter time it's you know 30 minutes to, to cool the beer so it's a lot faster
4: <laughs> and you're doing a primary set for three weeks this three weeks on the oh, no
3: side? I run the primary for about seven to ten days okay usually once I start to see the corrosion drop, uh, then I'll transfer it to secondary And then I'll let that sit for Three weeks to Three or four weeks It all depends on, you know If I also have uh, any open uh, kegs to put them in Because if I don't, then it's going to sit a little bit longer But for this beer, it's fine mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, once once it's ready You uh, put that in a keg And then uh, uh, force, force carbonate
3: Yeah, force carbonate it I have like three freezer chests and usually put it in the freezer chest And if you really want to be able to drink it in two days You'd want to get that freezer chest as cold as you can Pump it up with CO2 About 25-30 pounds The next day shake it For a good 5-10 minutes Put it back in Put a lot of pressure on it You could usually drink it within two days But I've always found out It usually takes a week for flavors To really balance out that carbonation mm-hmm.
1: and, uh, How many volumes of CO2 do you go with on this? What do you target?
3: Uh, I would say about 22 pounds.
1: At, at what temperature?
3: Uh, I usually keep my freezer, my chest, at about forty-eight, forty-six, forty-eight 46, 48 degrees. Yeah. Hmm.
4: It's warmer than a lot of a serving temperature. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs>
3: Sure. Well, it's cold in the Midwest. So. Oh, right. <laughs> Well What's the point right <laughs> Well, I also have beers in there that are English beers too, so mm-hmm. you know you want to have session beers that are at cast temperature
1: and uh when you get ready for competition what do you do you counter pressure fill do you uh what do you how do you prepare your your
3: entries um I pretty much uh take uh i take all the bottles and I clean them and I fill them with sanitizer and then I put them in the fridge for about a day one well, in the morning. And get the fridge cold and then uh um end of the day i dump out whatever like usually if i'm going to enter two enter a beer two bottles maybe three and so i dump out with the sanitizer um i'm lucky enough to have my brother who works for EcoLab, who has this uh sanitizer that's uh no rinse uh clear odor free and um uh So I use that, and then I get the keg really cold too the same morning, and then um, I bring the keg out and I put a piece of racking cane hose on the on the the tap, and I fill from the bottom.
1: This this is McDowell's method. Yeah, Yeah, this is, and uh,
0: because
3: because the keg and the bottle are so cold that you usually stop. CO2 from, you know, evaporating out of liquid.
5: Of course. That's, that's interesting as hell. That the two long-shot winners I think we've identified the long-shot winning beers the same way. That's so cool. I think
1: we've identified the key to winning the long-shot. So yes. Everyone out there listening, yes. <laughs> what you want to do is take a piece of racking cane, jam it into your, your picnic faucet, and fill your bottles that way. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, the hose. The racking cane uh, hose.
5: From the bottom up, <laughs> There you go. And,
3: and the other trick, too, is, is usually you want to cap on foam so you fill them pretty high. Put the cap on. them. Um, take something like uh, your cap or the plastic part and thump the side of the bottles. Kick up a little few to push out that oxygen, and cap that thing.
5: <laughs> it kind of, uh, you know, good mad science. Yeah, I see it's not getting foamy. Shake the bottle as you're filling it a little bit. Yeah. Wow. Good tip. There you go. All
1: right. So we're gonna take another break, and when we come back, it'll be a chance for people to to ask you some questions. You up for that, Rodney?
3: Oh sure, why not? I gotta get another beer now.
1: Okay. All right. You have a couple of minutes. We'll be back right after this.
2: If you like the prices you get from the major homebrew shops but live on the wrong coast, or if your local homebrew shop doesn't carry what you need, or if you just want a shop where you are appreciated as a customer and treated like a friend, head on over to the Do-It-Yourself Brewing Company at DIYBrewing.com. They have an extensive selection and are bringing new products in on a daily basis. In fact, if you need something they don't have, just let them know, and they'll get it for you as soon as humanly possible. Check out all their products, recipe kits, winemaking supplies, and specials at DIYBrewing.com. With everything from firminators to carboys, DIY Brewing either has what you need or can get it fast. At DIY, they're homebrewers helping homebrewers get what you need. Visit them in Rollinsworth, New Hampshire. Call
4: 603-205-4168 and stop by DIYBrewing.com
2: and get brewing. And during the month of October, get $5 off any $50 or more order with coupon code BN. Do it yourself with a little help from DIY Brewing. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Frecci and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher, longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from John. Science Park. Did you know that you can not
0: only order from More Beer online at morebeer.com and receive free shipping on most orders over $59, but you can also shop in person at their two retail locations located in Concord and Riverside, California. In fact, the Concord facility has grown to over 15,000 square feet to fit all the new products, expanded showroom, and new knowledge center classroom. And now, in conjunction with the Brewing Network, More Beer is making it easier than ever to keep up on what's happening. Download the More Beer your monthly podcast by clicking podcast at morebeer.com you'll learn about more beer's history sales and discounts on more beer products get to know team members and hear ways to save you money they're also launching a brand new website soon with more features and a better online shopping experience so go to morebeer.com or call 800-600-0033 that's 800-600-0033 You're listening to The Brewing Network. This is The Jameel Show.
1: All right, we're back. We're talking Eisenbach with... Uh... Rodney. Uh, Rodney Kisby, right? Kisby. Yeah. Kisby. 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 Yes. Uh, <laughs> What's your last name?
3: <laughs> oh do you want me to try to pronounce your name? <laughs> K- yeah. Do it. do it. Do it. Kib
1: kib Kibzy? Kibsey.
3: Kibsey, sorry. Kibzy. B before the Z.
1: Yeah. Kibzy. Mm. I always confuse us. <laughs> Linelch. That's, That's fun. Fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I always just known you as Rodney. Oh, but I, there's I, very
3: uh, few Rodney's in the homebrewing community. Yes, that's right.
1: <laughs> and 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 it's interesting because uh, I think when I when I first really knew about you was your success with the Weizenbach. I think in in some other competition or something. And I think Joe and I were talking about uh, how you do so well with this this Weizenbach and how uh-huh. great this Weizenbach was. And this is you know a, a couple of years ago, I think.
3: Uh- Probably, I, I know that um, you know. We've gone to the last couple of AHA conferences in uh, Baltimore and uh, Vegas mm-hmm. and Denver just recently.
1: Hmm. Very cool. All right, so Justin, how's the uh, chat doing? Have we got uh, some questions coming up? Yeah, from, we got for some,
0: a lot of people hanging out and uh, talking. Uh, everyone's talking about Sam Adams and uh, uh, asking a few questions for you guys. Um, a lot of questions just started coming through about the bottling procedure now that you and Tasty over there just uh, <laughs> revealed that, just dropped that bomb on everybody. Uh, so why don't I start with that, since that was the closest thing. Um, how do you sanitize before filling like that? And and I guess maybe what they're getting at is, is, you guys doing anything extra besides just uh, a regular sanita- sanitation?
3: I mean, I, I clean mine with hot water and scrub them with a scrub brush, and then I have a bucket of sanitizer, and I just submerge the bottles and pull the bottles out of the, out of the bottling bucket and, and then put them in six-pack and throw them in the fridge. Because then, it, then it's going to get even colder, because it's a liquid that will hold the coldness, versus just shoving the whole bottle in.
0: Right, okay.
1: Do you cover them when they're in the fridge at all? Do you put, like, a foil or anything over them?
3: I usually try to keep anything garlicky away from them. <laughs> garlicky? <laughs> So but, I take uh, not, not really. I just leave them open because it's sanitizer. Okay. Uh, they're usually on the top shelf, mm-hmm. so um, there's usually nothing getting in them. And usually, I, I hope I don't have anything in there that's got really strong aromas. Mm-hmm. I try not to when I make bottling beer to keep
0: that away. And, and is there there any special temperature of the beer for either one of you? Is it just you know like what you'd serve it at? You
1: know, as cold well, as you possibly can.
5: huh? Yeah, especially if, you, if I'm bottling like a highly carbonated beer, like a like a Belgian beer. Uh huh. I'll get it really, really cold. I mean, like 29, or I might even get it down where it's starting to get, it's almost too cold. But you can bottle it before it, you know it, it starts to freeze up or something, because it, it. If you want to keep it, a really high carbonated beer wants to foam up on you, even if you're using a other bottling uh, technique. So, cold bottle, cold beer. You can't beat that.
0: Yeah,
5: you're lowering. The pressure, though, aren't you, to serve it? I mean, yeah, we're, yeah, not I'm, yeah I'm, 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 I don't know about you, writing, but I'm, I get my, I fill my bottle at about 3 psi or something like that.
3: Oh, yeah, I turn it down way low, yeah. and, and, uh, it's usually two, about two pounds. I, yeah. I fill mine, and, uh, depending on how many bottles I'm filling up, I'm usually adjusting as I'm filling at the same
0: time. Yeah, sure, right. Uh, so, you're lowering the pressure so that you can fill, but are you, Still. are you over carbonating because you might lose some carbonation?
5: Yeah, for competition beers, I always bump them up a little bit beyond my like what I would normally do for uh, drinking. What About you,
0: Rodney? I usually get my carbonation at the
3: at the level I want it when I drink it, and and then um, and then I chill it, chill the freezer chest down to about thirty eight degrees, and then uh, and then I'll fill them just based on that level, and I don't think I lose much CO two at all. But I usually tend to fill my bottles. Uh, like the night before if I can walk them into a competition or at last minute
0: when I have to ship
4: them. Okay. That way they're fresh and carbonation's fresh.
0: and Yeah. It's like trapped out of water. a bottle. Right. You guys don't have any trouble uh, getting, um, you know, the fill level right? You know, because I've done that before and uh, it's just foaming everywhere.
4: You're probably too warm, you know, and yeah. serving too high pressure, you know. Okay. Those two things are really key factors in doing that. All right. Yeah.
0: Okay um, How about this uh, Someone had asked earlier in the show um, If you use rice hulls And they kind of asked for wheat beers in general But certainly for your beer, Rodney
3: Yes, I do I forgot, sorry about that uh, I usually throw about a pound of uh, rice hulls in there Okay I That's- have a, a 12-gallon false bottom polar wear pot nice. And if I don't do that Then all that stuff even gets through that And uh, gets underneath the the false bottom That's not good
4: Okay. Have you found that rice hulls increases your efficiency at all?
3: No. Okay. I, don't, I, I I guess I, I guess I haven't done enough time to think about that, but no. Uh, yeah. I mean, what would, what, how would that do that with just keeping the, the wheat above the above
4: I'm just the curious bottom. if it's... I, I've never used rice hulls, but I've always heard with wheat beers that you want to use rice hulls, so I'm thinking if I'm going to brew this, maybe I should do rice hulls, because if I'm going to
1: do just all... All grain with this beer and add no extract back.
3: Well, do the benefit I, of using the rice hulls is to avoid a stuck sparge.
1: Sure. Well, and how are yeah. you using the rice hulls? Do you are you uh, mixing them throughout your your grist? And, it just uh, goes.
3: It goes in the beginning of the mash. I just yeah. throw it all together. Oh,
1: okay. So what I do is I I go
5: ahead and mix it in with all the grains, and so it's right. distributed throughout the mash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've used uh, rice hulls on some on like when I make high gravity ales and when I'm. Pushing the limit of my mash ton in terms of uh, mash thickness. I'll throw some in then too. Mm-hmm.
4: Is there a reason? I mean.
5: Well, you get better flow, you know, through sure. a, the. I think that's why you were alluding to earlier was the f- uh, efficiency. Yeah. I think the rice holes may affect that in some beers because the, you know, the things get to move around, you know, better. You don't have, you know, because you're not stirring your mash. Right. So the liquids only move around through, you know, good, good clear paths to do it. And I think the rice holes, uh, right. help that.
4: Well, if I'm a brewer and I'm going to do. Rodney, step mashing and acid rest, protein rest, and sacrification rest. There's a lot going on there as far as recirculating, raising your temperature. I'm just curious if adding rice holes would help me do that. That's all.
3: Yeah. I definitely do recirculate. Okay. When I'm doing my mash, I definitely recirculate, and then I recirculate before I uh, do my sparge. Hmm. So I run clear.
0: Fair enough. All right, and then you said um, that you use one pound in this recipe. Is there a yep. ratio... Jamil, like, is there a standard for using rice holes that we're supposed? To oh, follow? I'm sure
1: there could be one, but um, you know, if, you, if you're using a pound, it's rice holes weigh so little. Yeah, it's it's quite a large volume. Yeah, so for for your average, uh, you know, five gallon batch, if you're using a pound, you can use more or less. Um, but you know, if you're using a pound for a five gallon batch, or you know, that's probably even good enough for a 10 gallon yeah. batch. But uh, you know, a pound or two is plenty.
0: Okay. And then uh, one last question that came through uh, back to the carbonation a little bit. Uh, you guys, I know Rodney, you said you force carbonate. Uh, they want to know if you just use head pressure, pressure, or if you do the old quick shake method. Cool it down, shake it up, and get it carbonated quick.
3: Um, like I said, I, I've I've did the the shake and you know carbonate. Get it really cold and shake it and. Uh it doesn't doesn't seem like the flavors balance because uh, there's a lot a lot of carbonation on your palate and stuff like that. It, it usually takes a week for the beer to you know say okay I'm not getting like all this carbonate on my palate. I'm starting to taste more of the flavors of the beer. So um, I would like to drink it in two days. I, I'm very impatient. That's why I don't make loggers. So, <laughs> gotcha. So uh, <laughs> but. Um, Usually it takes a week for it to really balance out. But it, it doesn't hurt anything to shake the, you know, shake it up, uh, you know, two days to get carbonation. But it's going to balance out. Eventually the carbonation is going to hit that point. And uh, when you taste it, you're going to start tasting more of the flavor and less of the carbonation you're getting out of it.
1: Well, and I, I'm with you on that. And, and, I, and I I think it's a, a combination of things. And, uh, you know, you, like you're talking about the flavors marrying and, uh, you know, just, just things kind of coming into an equilibrium and it kind of takes some of the sharp edges off of some of those flavors and some of those characteristics and another one thing that i think happens is <clears throat> that has to do with carbonation is if you let the the keg sit steady for a while there's a there's a fine particulate that's in in your beer sometimes and, and you just let that kind of drop out to the bottom i think it's less nucleation sites for the for the carbonation it, it tends to not be so spritzy a carbonation one of the, and and one of the ways I, I came across this was i had a uh, a 60 shilling ale that uh, you know i carbonated up i waited like a week and and it was so thin and spritzy and the carbonation just blew right out and i forgot about the keg for like a year and at the end of a year W- what happened is, yeah, the, the, all of a sudden, it, it, so instead of like these really large bubbles that just, you know, gave no head whatsoever and it was, you know, real spritzy, the, all of a sudden the, the head was really tight, yeah. tiny little bubbles, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was real smooth and it wasn't spritzy, it was still carbonated the same, but it, it made a world of difference in that beer. And I think, again, you know, a lot of that little particulate, you know, that fine dust kind of settles to the bottom. And uh, I think there may also be a pH-related thing there because the pH drops as fermentation occurs. The pH drops pretty quickly, uh, you know, through the course of, of making your beer or in the course of, you know, a couple of weeks you're going from, you know, uh, down to a fairly low level. And I think over time that, that pH can have some effect also on the beer, and it just takes a little while. So I think that might might have something to do with it as well. But Is, is the carbonation lowering the pH at all? You think uh, carbonic little, acid? Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it should a lot. So, or? so I think uh, I'm not really sure, oh, but uh, some goes into solution. I mean, sure, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. So uh, I think uh, you know it's that combination of things that really make a world of difference in a beer. So if you can let a beer sit, like Rodney's saying, right? You know, it it, it improves, and even in just a week. Uh, you know, it makes makes a makes a difference. So sometimes when a beer doesn't seem quite right, yeah, it might just be worthwhile to just let it sit in the keg for for a while right. and try it every every so often, and then and then you'll see uh, the progression over time. Hmm. So on that note, Rodney, if, I, if I'm going to brew this for Nationals next year, well, <laughs> me too, <laughs> when,
4: when, when, when should I brew this?
1: <laughs> you now have over 10,000 people probably yeah, going to yeah. brew this yeah. and enter oh, in Nationals in the long shot. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> do I, I brew it like Just this one
4: one leaks or when? When do I do it? Come on.
3: <laughs> you're not
0: going to well, tell you know, me. Oh, now you're going to hold uh, back, uh,
3: huh? I think some of us are getting tired of you and Joe Formanek winning in the past. Oh,
0: so, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll keep that a secret. I like
5: this guy. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Good yeah those guys need to be cut back a little bit. I agree, Rod. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh well. that's so the two long shot winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah There's a new there's some new kids there's in the There's a time. new rising yes.
0: <laughs> teaming up on Jay Z. I like this. Yeah, yeah Joe. Yeah. It's awesome. <gasps> oh. yeah, that's all I have yeah, from yeah. the uh from the chat room tonight, guys. So mm-hmm.
1: Well, Ronnie, did you want to uh, kind of recap your recipe and uh, give us any additional tips that we haven't covered, anything, any any sage advice for, for people out there brewing their first Weizenbach that uh, you know, they want to make a, a, a good example, one that uh, you know they'd be proud to, to share with their friends? Uh, um,
3: you, yeah, you, I mean, you definitely have to use at least over 50% wheat malt. I uh-huh. mean, that's, that's the key when making, you know, vice style beer. Um and uh, some of the Munich malts, Caramunix, the chocolate, uh, can give it that, you know, Bach-like characteristic, um, low hops, as I said before. Pick the right yeast that doesn't give you lots of banana. Gives you some, uh, some dark fruit characteristics. Um, of course, use, use rice hulls because nobody likes to stuck sparge. And, uh, you know, uh, be, be clean and sanitary. That's the biggest important thing.
1: Oh one one quick thing. Have you ever tried this with extract? Have you ever done an extract version of this?
3: Um, you know, every year then they have the the club only extract. Um I have yet to do that. Uh sometimes I forget how to make an extract beer. <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> I hate to say it. You're like, what uh, is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do I do that again? <laughs>
1: right. Well, anybody out there d- doing this as an extract beer, what you want to keep in mind is that most of those wheat extracts there maybe be, you know, 50-50 wheat and and uh, Pilsner malt or pale malt or, uh, you know, 60-40, something around there. So, you know, you would remove, you know, some of the wheat and pale malt from, from Rodney's uh, recipe for that and making that conversion and – uh, I, I, I think, uh, you yeah, you can make a pretty solid, uh, example of this using extract as well. Yeah, I think Morger's 60-40, six,
4: I believe so. Mm-hmm. Just replaced mm-hmm. that with extract, mm-hmm. so.
1: Alright. Well, I think this has been a good show. That was fun. Mm-hmm. You, you've been an excellent guest, Roddy. Yeah.
3: Oh, thank hey, you for having that. me on.
1: And, and, you know, just, uh, uh, all the times I've met you before and talked to you before, you know, you you seem like a really nice guy, and 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 I think uh, you know there's something you know about you and McDole that seem very similar. I don't know if uh, you and uh, McDole got a chance to talk much at the uh, long shot this year at the uh, uh, GABF, but uh, you guys seem to share a lot of that same uh, kind of character, which is really cool. And so it's nice to see uh, nice guys finishing first. Oh, thanks. Finally. Thanks, Jim, man. Instead of the <laughs> bastards like uh, yeah. Formanek and me. He's, yeah. You yeah. he beat me to it. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. That's awesome. I knew someone was saying it, so I have to say it first. <laughs> All right. So uh I also want to mention that uh, Northern Brewer is our sponsor for the show. They do a, a great job supporting us and supporting yes, the thank uh, you homebrew community. And uh if you get a chance, go over to northernbrewer.com. Check out their uh, their nice site and uh, the uh, great brewing supplies they have. Uh, let's see. Next in, in archives, the- strong there, we'll- Scotch Ale. Next live Dortmunder. Next
4: show will be uh, Dortmunder Export We're following gonna, the show. D- yeah. d- okay,
1: see, I should hand this to John because he could, you know. I can read backwards. You can read your, your scratchings here. <laughs> I'm dyslexic. So, so the next it helps. show we're going to do is going to be the Dortmunder show. It's kind of, we reverse this from, uh, just uh 'cause because Rodney's, uh, more East Coast and we didn't want to keep him up too late. And, uh, we're, we're going to go over, uh, Dortmunder export with, uh, Tasty McDowell. He makes one of the best Dortmunder exports I've ever tasted. And, uh, you know, even compared to Germany, he, he makes a, an awesome one. So that's so how we get tasty here in the, sh- in, in the show. And then, uh, <laughs> next in the archives. Strong Scotch Ale. So I guess after Dortmunder, Justin is saying he's going to play the Strong Scotch Ale show. No, no. no. The next show we're going to do. Yeah, because
0: you're not paying attention to to your listeners right now, Jamil. (laughs) You have people that will only download. They'll download this show in two weeks. Yes. And then I'm not paying attention to my the next show that they download (laughs) will be the Strong Scotch Ale. That's next on your on your schedule
1: after Dortmunder,
0: or after. After Dortmunder will be posted tomorrow, <laughs> right. Yes, Weizenbach will be posted in two weeks. In yeah. two weeks. So if you're listening to my voice right now, the very next show you will receive will be The Strong Scotch Ale. You see how that works? Live. Oh, okay. Right. I see. I got it right. I'm helping you out here. Sure <laughs> you are. This is, wh- <laughs> this is why we hey, have this is a producer. A huge... This is a gem of radio yeah, right You're, right you're now. doing the old switcheroo here with the shows. Has, uh, <laughs> you've confused yourself.
4: This okay. Is wh- this is why beer is great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm stone sober. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you. Are. I think that's the
4: problem. I think it is the <laughs> problem. Clearly. You're right. Yeah, he's trying trying
1: to be helpful, and that's just screwing things up. <laughs> uh, all right, I think this has been a great show. I think people uh, really will uh, get a lot out of it. And uh, if you try uh, Rodney's uh, recipe, I think you have a killer Feitzenbach.
3: Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. A, and the beer, the, the long shot beers come out in February.
1: Yeah. And what, oh, one more question. What, what did you think of the, uh, the, the the proto batch that they did? How how oh, close uh, is that I, to I, yours?
3: I, I mean, it was a little bit cloudier, but, you know, it's fine for the style. Mm-hmm. And I thought they, they did a really good job at, uh, you know, recreating the recipe. Well, how, how for, about the,
1: for, the flavor profile? Come on, give it to me straight.
5: <laughs> nope. Joe <you're>,
1: still <laughs> thought yours was better.
3: Yeah, of course, and uh, you know that that, that's usually how it is. But um, I don't know. You you know, I was probably more nervous for that than I was probably for the AHA conference. Mm -hmm. You know, and so, um, uh, but I still think they did a good good job at recreating it. I think they did ten barrels of it.
5: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, uh, they're they're a great great company, great brewery.
3: Yeah, I can't complain for what they did.
1: Yeah, very
3: cool. and, and the thing is, is my recipe really fits in with the styles of beers or ingredients they would have. Mm-hmm.
5: So not like Tasty not good. McDowell's. Which is a good, that's a good thing to do, Rodney, I find out. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Tasty. <Yeah. laughs> He's screwed. I wish my Belgian Golden Strong had won. That would be great. You didn't cry later, Mike. Uh,
4: Let's
0: cry. Okay. I think Rodney planned it this way. He knew that the hops were going to be a problem. So, so they got this to really up. low hop. They're going to double up
1: on uh, Ro- Rod's beer there in yeah. the, uh, the six-pack?
3: I have no idea. As long as it's, yeah. oh, I'm not going to say anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, I, they I might, could go, go for it, right? that. They yeah. might put uh, uh, what three of your beers in there instead.
5: Oh no, I think that's the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mike
3: makes a good beer. You know, you know, if he starts home brewing now, maybe he can have enough to, to fill that his beer.
5: For there you for go. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. If <laughs> yeah. they can't get the hops, I'll get them. I'll have the beer. You with you'll it. brew it yourself. Yeah.
1: You'd yeah. Be hand hurts. labeling them.
5: Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of labels. Filling 50, them all 50, off off a of racking cane. Fifty thousand you know. cases of those. Yeah, yeah.
3: Wow. Drawing the labels with the crayon. <laughs> yeah.
1: He'll do it. Don't don't get him started. He'll stick figures. <laughs> look how man, you look hurt. You all right, buddy?
5: What? I'm okay. Oh no, I'm, I'm over the the long shot. I'm no. All right.
1: All right. <laughs> Great show, everybody. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs> All right, so if you're listening live, we're going to do a Dortmunder export next with Tasty McDole. Uh, if you're listening in the archives, the uh, next archive up in two weeks is going to be Strong Scott Jam. Bruce, Strong. Bruce Strong.